This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, good day. Welcome along to the short ball for this week as we lead into the Super Rugby final round. Mills Mulyana and Scotty Stevenson with you here on the short ball today. Uh, Millsy, I'm excited. I'm excited about this last round. Do you know why I'm excited? Why? Because I was at the Chiefs on Tuesday night. Oh, and they, they said goodbye to so many good people that I think they are going to hiss their way into the finals this week against the Brumbies. Kind of like the State of O last night, right? It was a bit like the State of O last night. Yeah, so a lot of caps. They're going to, they're going to lose a lot of caps. A lot of uh, their coaches gone. So I can see what you mean by that. It might be might be something they need to get themselves up, right? Well, of all the games this weekend that are going to decide the final makeup of Super Rugby Finals, I think this could be the most crucial. If the Chiefs win this game and the Hurricanes find a way to blow it against the Crusaders at home, we're going to get to that in a bit, then the Chiefs could well be in the box seat. They'll have to go to the Brumbies, which is a big difference than going to Cape Town. Oh, it's a massive difference. And I think, um, you know, the the travel, getting yourself used to sort of, um, you know, the time time zones and things like that. Um, But also, it's, it's a difficult task going over there and playing, you know, finals football in South Africa. So... They can do it right, although I've, I've heard a whisper they're resting a couple of players this week. Is that, is that right? Well, that's what we understand. So that big three, Brodie Retallick, Sam Kane, Anton Leonard-Brown, probably off the mixer this weekend. Be that as it may, still enough talent, you think, for them to get the job done over the Brumbies, who, let's be honest, are the least convincing finalist of the eight in Super Rugby this year. Yeah, absolutely. The, the only concerning part for me is the way the, the Chiefs finished you know, against the Reds, You know that latter part you know, where the Reds sort of come back and... Uh, back into the game. But you're right. I think there's enough talent there for them to get get over the line, not have to go all the way to South Africa. And, you know, hopefully, if everything else sort of plays it plays its part, they'll have a home final. Well, here's the thing for the Brumbies, though, right? Uh, we, we haven't seen the team as yet as we do the short ball today. But if you're the Brumbies, you are guaranteed. You've got a home quarter final. Why would you roll out your big guns in this game? Surely they rest their players, sit back and wait in Canberra until they figure out who's coming to visit. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd think so. I mean, but in, in saying that, you'd, you'd want to sort of get a little bit of momentum, get your players out there. You know, they had a little bit of a break. I think, you know, they only played, oh, well, they played last week, didn't they? The Brumbies. And, um, and lost. Yeah, exactly. So it might be a sort of a way to get their, their big players out there and sort of get a little bit of momentum sort of before leading into the finals because... You know, they haven't had a very good season, you know, and it's, as you say, they're guaranteed a, a final spot and for a team that's probably you know, lost a lot, a lot more games in the Blues. Is that, would that be right? 
Yeah, they've only won six games this season. It's ridiculous. They've lost more than they've won and they've still got a home qualification. But let's not relitigate that whole issue around the Super Rugby draw because we know it's going to be different next year. I guess that when you go into finals like this, though, it's I think the first time I can remember, certainly in recent memory, where the eight's been decided before the final round. Yep. Now, the order hasn't been decided as such, but the eight's been decided. So as a coach... You must be sitting there thinking, right, this is a mini block now. Four games to win the title. Is that the way that all coaches will be treating this month of footy? Oh, absolutely. And I think they sort of they've they've known all that. You know, of the coaches I've spoken to, they sort of knew this the the, the eight um, and started to figure out, you know, who and possibly where they could end up based on um, you know the games. Well, this week's game and and, and the following week. So it is. It's it's a mini block and finals football. You know, I know we've spoken about the Brumbies haven't won too many games, but you know they're still in for a chance. They're still in for a chance, and they're at home. You know, a home sort of final. You know, that, that's 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 massive to them. So it's it's a biggie these next couple of weeks. Oh, well, let's have a look at the current standings then. So with the Brumbies in mind, look, they they can't change now. They can't change at all. They don't have enough wins to catch the Stormers, even if they get a bonus point win over the Chiefs this weekend. So we know they're guaranteed in fourth. We also know the Stormers are guaranteed in third. One and two can switch this weekend between the Crusaders and the Lions. Five and six can switch this weekend between the Hurricanes and the Chiefs. And seven and eight can switch this weekend between the Highlanders and the Sharks. Now, that that may not sound like anything major, but you're talking about 30,000 miles worth of travel difference that could change this weekend. Back to that Chiefs game. Here's Stewie Williams, the manager, in his final home game of the season. (laughs) This game finishes at 7.30 at night on Saturday. At 9.30, those boys could all get the call saying, pack your bags, get on a bus, we're out of here at 1am, heading right. for Cape Town. That is a nightmare. It's an absolute, and that's probably the, the killer. You know, not many people realise the stress some of these managers you know, have to go through. You know, they've got to work on a scenario where they're going to stay home right up until they watch the, you know, the final game before yeah. they actually decide, OK, guys, here's our itinerary. And they might not even get you know, certain seats on the, on the plane either. So there's no guaranteed seats on the plane. So they could... You know, dynamically, they could end up, you know, sort of going in two different groups, which is, you know, by the time you get over there, that's you're talking Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday game, and so not, you know, not ideal if you're going to end up going to South Africa. So it's an absolute nightmare for a for a, um, for a manager like Stu Williams. So the Stormers in a similar situation to the Brumbies, where they know they're going to host the quarterfinal next week, they just don't know who they're going to play, whether it's going to be the Hurricanes or the Chiefs. But the Chiefs won't be scared about going to Cape Town, especially given what they did to the Stormers last year, which was the catalyst for Robbie Fleck to bring in Paul Feeney for their whole situation to change in terms of how they wanted to play the game, how they wanted to explore it. I mean, they got rinsed. Yep. Their faces were melted by the Chiefs in that quarterfinal. They'll be better for knowing that. But also, I don't think either the Hurricanes or the Chiefs will be scared about flying to Cape Town, travel issues aside. No, I, I don't think so. And, and given sort of... Um, you know the way they've played over over and um, you know in Cape Town. I don't think they'll be worried at all about that. So, but you know the Stormers. You know the last time they played the Chiefs. You know they they did some they they played some pretty you know running rugby. You yeah. know so they haven't played to that level since, which is you know can be a little bit concerning. But and certainly what from what you're talking about. I don't think you know the Hurricanes or the, or the Chiefs will be worried at all about going to Cape Town. No, I agree with you there. Although you know, again, it comes back to this travel factor. But the Stormers, for me, with nine wins this season, I mean, this is not a team that is going to threaten either the Chiefs or the Hurricanes if they're on their game. And I don't mean to be Kiwi centric about this, but let's be honest: form is form, and the Chiefs are going to be able to roll out their big guns again in the quarterfinal, regardless of what happens this weekend. I, I guess we need to talk about. 
uh, the Highlanders, they've got the Reds. Uh, the Reds were good last week for their win over the Brumbies, but ultimately coming to Forsyth Bar Stadium, Highlanders are resting Smith and Smith, Ben Smith and Aaron yep. Smith, but they do welcome back a guy like Liam Squire, Dan Pryor on the bench. They're heavy hitters and their pack have been the difference for the Highlanders in the crucial games this year. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, often when they have lost those big-name players, they've, they've often played a lot better, you know. And so I, I don't see, I don't, I don't think the Reds will be too much of an issue for for the Highlanders down in, I mean, the Reds got up, you know, they got in that last sort of penalty in the in the final stages of, of their match to, to win it. Um, you know, obviously having, you know, the world's best halfback out, um, you know, could be a little bit of an issue, but you know we've seen it. You know weeks, you know every single week when these guys put, you know, get guys out there that aren't sort of known uh, mm. around the country or globally, they just produce some spectacular football. So I don't think the Reds will be any trouble at all for the Hondas. This is why we've got a situation where Marty fucking Banks is their fans' player of the year. I mean, this is that, that explains everything you need to know about the Hondas. Marty Banks. Absolutely. I mean, you know Lima, Lima Sopoanga being out, you know, with a hamstring injury makes the All Blacks and. Look at the way sort of Marty Effin Banks performs, you know? That is his, that's his official name, by the way. Oh, really? Even even against the Lions? Gee, yeah. hey, that kick? That's it, he's clutch. He dropped a goal in the final two years ago. I mean, but you're right, Marty Banks is never going to be considered what you would call a franchise player. Yeah. Yet every time he's asked to go out there and do a job, just like a Richard Buckman, just like a Tom Franklin, just like a Liam Coltman, these guys just mahi up and get on with the job. Oh, mate, I, I think their pack is going to be far too strong for the Reds, but... It could be a little bit closer than I imagine. Has anyone in the Reds got dreadlocks? Because they're going to be snapping those off like sunker and cool runnings given the weather down in Dunedin. Oh, mate, I tell you, it's, at least they've got a roof over their heads. You know, that's, that's, um, that's the important part. But I think, as you say, when you talk about defensively, how the, how the Highlanders have defended this year, the hard-hitting sort of numbers one to five, um, you know, that's, that's what worries me about whether, you know, the, the Reds can actually get up. Just around those fringes, when you see those big boys that you've just named, you know, those guys have been snapping heads back big time. Yeah, they have. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to be on your game. Otherwise, and the other thing about the Hollanders that I love is they will kick you the ball and then they will tackle you into submission. Uh, their tackle count this year is off the charts. And I don't know if there's any other team who likes defending as much as the Highlanders like defending. I don't know why they play that way. I don't know why they've developed that style. But it is so attritional on their own team, let alone any team they face. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, eh, the way they've sort of... Um and they can play the expansive game as well. You know, they've certainly got the players to be able to do that. Fiki Toa and, and um, Naholo uh, and whatnot. So, I mean, mate, I've never liked tackling, so mm. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have fitted very well down in the Highlanders. So. No, that's a good point you make, Millsy. Uh, let's cross over to South Africa, where the Sharks at the moment are eighth on the table, but can leapfrog the Highlanders if the Highlanders somehow have a conniption against the Reds at home. The Sharks have been strangely inconsistent for me. You've got a guy like Kerwin Bosch, who is just franchise superstar of the future for the Sharks. Philip Funderwalt is another one who can hit you and cut you in half. Yeah. They're up against the Lions team. They've got home advantage. The Lions last year sacrificed a game in order to protect their players for the playoffs. Yeah. They can't afford to do that. Or will they do that if they look at the Crusaders getting a win over the Hurricanes, then say... Screw well, it, let's drop our nuts and just get ready for our home game. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see when the teams are named and whether they actually end up, you know, changing their, their lineup, you know, because they're obviously after the, the um, Crusaders Hurricanes game. But it's, yeah, I don't know what's going on over there. I mean, the, um, it's, it's, but at least, you know, if the, you know, if the Hurricanes get up, 
then they're going to have to front. You know, you don't want this sort of resting your players up so you can protect. You know, um, that's not that's not what Super Rugby is about. You, no. know? you go out there to to win. Obviously, you well, know, it cost them a championship last year. Yeah, it cost them a championship, and ironically for them, that loss this year against the Jaguares, which was exactly when they lost last year, year when they rested those players. That is the difference at the moment between them leading this comp yeah. and not leading this comp. Yeah, exactly. And, and and that's what I mean. You know, you can't go out there with a mindset, okay, let's protect something here so we can have a home quarter or have a home sort of semi. You've got to go in there every every single week thinking we're going to win this. And so we can get ourselves to that stage. So hopefully that's the same mentality they're going to take into this week. But as I said, who knows? Once that Hurricanes-Crusaders game is finished, we could see a different team. When you think about what the Lions lose this year, and they've already lost Warren Whiteley through injury through the Springbok series, but uh, obviously Yuan Ackerman leaves at the end of the year. Extra motivation for the Lions to, to go one step better than they did last year. If the Lions have to travel for the finals, they lose. I, I think that's just a given. Yeah, the South Africans don't travel well at all. And, and, and as you say, you know, last year when the Lions travelled for, for the final, they, they didn't play you know, very good football. And the weather didn't help, obviously, but they need they need to get themselves up here. You know, if, if, they, if they can get themselves a home sort of set up, which they, they can, you know, they're aligned to get themselves there. If they can do that, it's and it's a hard ass to go over there and, and be able to beat a South African team mm-hmm. in front of thousands of thousands of Afrikaans yelling and abusing the crap out of you. You've been there, Milsey? Yes, and I hate bringing it back up. <laughs> I love, it. I love but, it when you bring this up. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what, we, we, we led well, but... You know, as as I said, when they when the abuse, abuse starts coming out, some some boys tend to drop their <clears throat> yeah. What was is there a great story from that day? You guys went up and played the Bulls in two thousand nine. Was it Beaver who ran out onto Loftus Versfeld, and there's just one guy waiting in the stands while he's doing kicking practice, and then says, "You're going to die today, boy." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the kind of welcome you want in Pretoria. That's it, man. I mean, it's not only that; it's those little wee fruits. Yeah, those little wee the fruits. Nazis. They're like mandarins. Yeah, aren't they? Nazis. That's they, it. They chuck them at you. <laughs> Hey, so you know one. You know you don't want to end up on the bench. You know, so it's it's bad enough that you don't get a start, but ending on the bench is is worse because they just they just throw it at your head. <laughs> You've had worse thrown at you in a game of rugby. <laughs> hey, we need to move on uh, on the short ball today to uh, what will be the most watched and anticipated local derby, certainly in New Zealand. Crusaders currently undefeated throughout the Super Rugby mm-hmm. season, uh, only twice before as a team managed that, and I think. They've already picked up more wins by virtue of the expanded competition than any team in history, consecutive wins. They've lost their last two at Westpac Stadium. But here's the interesting thing about this for me. Everyone talks about the Hurricanes and their attack. And rightly so, they've scored 40.4 points per game this season. So that's their average scoreline. That's just that's just Lomapi and Asa, wasn't it? That's just Lomapi and Asa, what, 22 tries between them. But if you look deeper into those numbers... That 40.4 points per game on average across the season drops to 22.6 points per game against New Zealand sides. That is a massive drop for the Hurricanes. And conversely, the Crusaders, who sit just behind them on average points per game, score 27.8 points per game against New Zealand opponents. The Crusaders should be out-and-out favourites for this. Yeah, but... I mean, you remember back in round whatever it was, you know, we all thought um, down in, you know, when they went down to um, to Christchurch and we thought, we were thinking, I think on Team Talk, you know, the, the, the Hurricanes were going to be too good. Mm. All of a sudden, you know, the, the Crusaders just, you know, stepped right up. Home advantage is massive. And having it at the Capeton or Westpac Stadium this, this weekend is plays a big part in, in, in sort of 
you know, helping the guys win. You know, you're comfortable in your home environment. You know when the where the wind is going to swirl. Um, little things like that that makes a big difference coming into these sort of games. And when you look at finals footy, you know that's the sort of difference that can get you over the line. The Hurricanes and their losses this year to the Chiefs uh, twice and to the Crusaders once have struggled against teams that take them on directly, that flood the breakdown, that shut down their time and space, for especially for TJ Peronata. He's been outplayed by other halfbacks in each of those three losses this year. They rely on him so much. They operate off TJ so much, the Hurricanes. They would have been stung by that Crusaders loss because nothing worked for them in that game. That was the Crusaders at their best, mate, drowning cats, hold the head down until there's no more bubbles. Mm -hmm. I mean, that... That's the kind of that's the kind of pressure they can exert on a team. Yeah. So what do the Hurricanes have to do to circumvent that? We spoke about it during before that game, uh, the last game between the Hurricanes and the Crusaders, how they shut down, how they defend. Nothing seemed to work for them. No, and I think you know the the, the lesser names have got to step up. You know, and they have you know against other teams. You, you, you mentioned those percentages. Those are the guys that have got to got to see. I mean, we're not saying listen, it's not exactly listen. You know, the shields of the world. He's got to come up and sort of say, take a little bit of onus on himself, get that front row going. You know, I know, um, you know, they'll be missing Dane Coles, um, but you know, they're still capable up front to actually dominate. And so, take a little bit of pressure off the lot. You know, Lomapi and, and TJ Pitanara and, and, and Bowden Barrett. I'm not too sure if he's playing this week. You know, take a bit of pressure off those guys because. That's what happened in the game down in, in Christchurch. You know, the, the Crusaders, they just sort of squeezed the life out of, you know, they, they defended Lomape. Um, he wasn't getting many breaks. They're mm. sort of forcing them into making errors that we haven't sort of seen. If those other guys step up, you know. And- this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And, um, and, and take the ball, you know, take a little bit of pressure off what I've just, you know, guys I've just mentioned. You know, they go a long way to winning this game. Super Rugby kicks off uh, this weekend, of course, uh, with the Blues taking on the Sunwolves in Tokyo as well. Uh, that'll be interesting uh, for me to see if the Blues can finish. I think they will. I don't think the Sunwolves are any show and doing anything to try and salvage their season. I don't think it'll matter. It's a funny game or a funny round for the rest of those teams. Yeah. The Kings playing the Cheetahs. Both teams are out of the comp next year. What does it mean for either of those guys? The Haguares against the Rebels. What does it mean for either of those teams? It's a shame, really, in some ways, that 
while we know who the finalists are going to be, you've got these other games going on. What are they playing for? What are you? You've been in situations where you're out of the playoff mix, uh, Mills, and your time with the Chiefs. Uh, what do you do? What's your focus? Yeah, the focus really is to make sure you finish well. You know, and, and both. You know, it is. It's it's not a it's not a very good sort of predicament to be in, mm. but. You've got to try and finish in it, uh, finish the season well. And now look at the Blues. You know, lots to celebrate th- this year. I know they're not in the, in the finals, but you know, one or couple of games have gone their way. They could have been in the mix here at the moment as well. So, um, you know, winning the winning against the, the British and Irish Lions, you know, that's that's success in itself. Um, mm. The others, you know, obviously, you know, the, the the two South Africa teams not going to be in the competition next year. So it's a bit of pride. Uh, it's a good way to actually. You know, say you know, similar to similar to the British and Irish Lions, you're never going to play with those you know guys again. That team will never be the same again. So let's try and finish on a high and um, and you know and in some some way you know try and get some success out of this um, this this tournament. You're on the short ball. Just looking ahead to Super Rugby this weekend as the final round kicks off. Before we get into quarterfinals, the weekend after Mills Moliena and Scotty Stevenson with you. I'm glad you brought up the British and Irish Lions, Millsy. Uh, I've been angry this week. Yeah, not about the draw, not about Roman Poitz, not about a controversial penalty that wasn't a penalty that possibly could have been a penalty that wasn't a penalty. I'm still incensed by the fact that Alan Wynne Jones played on in that game. (laughs) I I can't let it go. I I mean, no one's reported about it because now all of a sudden we've moved on to who's going to be in the Lions in 2021 and whether the Barbarians fixture against the All Blacks should count as an unofficial fourth test, which is frankly bollocks. Why, why are we not talking about Alan Wynne-Jones? Why are we not talking about a 114-test veteran who was knocked the hell out yeah. in that game mm-hmm. when we had independent video doctors whose sole job is to review the tape to see if there's evidence that a man was knocked out, therefore to circumvent any HIA protocol? Why aren't we talking about the fact that it's uncertain whether he had an HIA at all? Yeah. Why aren't we talking about the fact that he then comes back and plays the game? That is not heroic for me. That man has been systematically let down by every single person in the administration of that game that weekend. And we are still not talking about it. We're not talking about concussion in professional rugby. Mm. There's all of this yarn out of world rugby about how to take this seriously. And yet, in the biggest occasion, on the biggest stage, with the biggest audience and the most at stake, everyone dropped their nuts. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and given the way they've sort of talked about it this year, you know, the the tackling, you know, guys getting sent to the, sent to the, the, the bin, um, you know, sent off and things like that, then all of a sudden, you know, the, the one time that, that, that a little bit of nuts needs to be shown, they don't show it, you know. I mean, and, and I can see where you're coming from. I didn't actually think about that, why you'd be angry at something like that. But uh, you're right. You can't have someone getting completely knocked out, taken off, then, you know, amongst the game that's sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's on the wire, you know, let him back on the field. We, we watched in horror years ago when George Smith played against the British and Irish Lions for the Wallabies. And you'll remember that game. He was in Disneyland. Yeah. And he was put straight back on. That was almost the catalyst for people saying enough is enough. Mm. Now we have a situation in this tour, same deal, a British and Irish line, crucial test match. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Where are you going to be when someone's feeding him through a straw? Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose on the, on the other side of that too, Sumo, is the fact, well, why would someone as a spectator 
take that you know seriously now you know because all of a sudden what comes into my head well he obviously was faking it you know for that that 10 minutes or you know did the system let him down those guys that went off and had a medical check which one is it you know no one's actually come out and said well he passed this he passed that he wasn't knocked out Alan Wynne Alan Wynn Jones hasn't come out and said well I kind of just faked it which he never would no no he, he wasn't faking it he was knocked out I, I saw him after the game yeah and specifically said to him mate how's your head he said oh it's not the first time yeah, I mean, this this is. I mean, he's allowed to be less so fair. It's his brain if he Absolutely. if he wants to be. We shouldn't be. But what you're saying is he shouldn't be the one making the decision. He can't make he can't the be. decision. He didn't even know what day of the week it was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the vision was clear to me watching on the television. Certainly clear through the replays. If it's clear to me watching, if it's clear to some ten year old kid watching that this guy has gone to sleep yeah. on a footy field, why is it not clear? to doctors independently appointed to look at video evidence in case coaches, managers, team doctors, other players, and the referee miss it. That's right. What's the point in having them? Well, they're independent. That's Correct. the problem. That, I mean, that's not the problem. That's that's the thing. You know, That's what's so good about it. They're independent. They don't have the, the, the worry of a coach to say, no, nah, get them back out there because we're, you know, we need to win this game. They are supposed to be the ones looking out for these players and, and making the, that call. Is he good enough to go on? I've seen video plays. He hasn't passed the test. He may have passed his test, but what I've seen, make judgment that, based right. on that. And, and that is the stipulation we have. And this is what gets me, Millsy. And, and I'll be clear about this. For those who don't understand, if there is evidence that a player has lost consciousness in the game, and, and by any standard of that evidence, Alan Wynne-Jones would have failed. Yeah. So if there is evidence... A referee is entitled to make the call. Coaches can make the call. Doctors can make the call. And the independent doctor certainly should make the call that there is no head injury assessment. Mm. You are just out of the game. Yeah. It is a mandatory extraction from the game. Now, that never happened. To me, if Alan Wynne-Jones is happy to play on, his life. Yeah. But as a sport, you cannot go out there and start telling club rugby players that you've got a one-week stand-down, introducing blue cards, mm. talking about concussion protocols and then in the doing the opposite right in the apex of the sport yeah and you right. do exactly the opposite yeah, absolutely and, and you say if, if alan Wynne jones wants to go out there while it's his brain well no he shouldn't have to make that decision that's what you're saying you know because you know the independent sort of medical people should be telling him no you're not going out yeah and i just think we need to take this seriously uh, it's a shame for me but that's all i've hung on to uh, i mean the results the result fair play but but i sit there thinking you know, over 10 years of broadcasting this game, you get to know these people. Mm. Then you get to know their children and you know their wives and you know their mums and dads. Yeah. I know it's a job. I know it's a contact sport. You cannot take concussions out of the game. Yeah. But you can take players out of the game who you suspect or know have been knocked out. Yeah, that's right. That's now, right. we've got to stop failing this. And, and the problem for me is I said three weeks ago when Alan Wynne-Jones again was clearly dazed in the first test, what is it going to take to make us take this seriously? Is it going to take a tragedy at the professional level of the game? I can tell you we've had that this year already. Zach Test, the USA Eagle, was knocked out in a game of rugby against Uruguay this year. He was then hit again. He was taken to hospital where they had to cut his skull open to relieve the pressure on his brain. He will never play rugby again. He was left on the field after a head knock. Yeah, exactly. And I mean... That's, that's exactly what we're talking about. And no one else is. Yeah. I, I just don't get this, you know, and, and I love the game. And this is, what, this is what kills me about it. There is so much talk at high level 
about this issue in our game, but the action is still so far behind that, that I just I can't deal with it. Well, well, this is it. This is it, Sumo. And it's exactly what you're saying. You know, here's your chance to make an absolute example of that, not just for. Uh, you know the, the spectators out there, but also for the kids that they're sort of promoting this sort of stuff in, in the grassroots rugby. Here's the opportunity now to say, look, no, he's gone. Instead, they do the opposite, and so that's probably what you and I both know. Yeah, you and I both know. And and cutting to the chase here, the players think the HIA is a joke. Yeah, the players think it's a joke, and they can talk their way back onto the field any time they like. A- am I wrong? Wow, let's just start. <laughs> oh, I don't know about. Oh, I'm not going to. I'm well, not going to. But but you know, we've all heard yes. whispers, right? Of course. I mean, you can. I, I'm you not can. saying we're going to land anyone in here, but no, we've no. all heard the whispers, no, right? No, exactly. And, and I think, you know, without knowing what's tested, um, I think you can actually fluff your way around it. You know, certainly when we're doing the the other, uh, you know, uh, the other test pre uh, pre tournament, you know, there, you know, there was certainly ways to fluff it then as well. So I mean. They've got to crack down on it. They they absolutely got to crack down because I'd like to see you know where Alan Wynn Jones is in a few years' time, which I'm sure no one else would. Well, I hope he's good. Exactly. I hope he's good. Let's get back to some good news here on the short ball today. I just I need to get that off my chest, Millsy. You okay with that? Didn't you? I was about to bloody rant on about some refereeing decisions. Yeah, but hey, we don't need to talk about that. We're going to see him again in the rugby championship. It's not that. It's like no one's actually come out and said, okay, this is what happened. I'm so with you. Should we should we go there now? Well, should we go there mean, on transparency? Okay, okay. Shall he made a mistake. Look, I'm I'm not you know I'm not pissed off about the fact he made a mistake. He sort of came and said, look, penalty. Now it's not a penalty. Now it's a scrum. You know, after talking to his assistants, you know, to uh, to George upstairs, it's not that that I'm pissed off about. It's the fact that well, where is where, the accountability? Where are they going to come out and explain? That's it. The explain. explanation, right? Yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing. Again, we have this issue in our game where you've got a referee whose judgment, uh, it, they're sacrosanct. Yeah. Uh, players are taught, don't question the referee. Coaches exactly. can't say anything about a referee at risk of being fined. Spectators are supposed to just swallow it and respect those decisions, and that's life in the game of rugby. But if you are running a game, and if 80% of the fans watching that game are confused about a decision in the game, at what point, as a governing body, do you say, Allow us to enlighten you about the process, about the decision, about why the law was in place yeah. or why this interpretation was made. I don't know why we have this culture of silence around referees. No, it's, I mean, it's not about protecting, okay? Yes, we all know something's happened. I mean, even from a former player, I walked away from that game thinking, well, what the heck went on? <laughs> what, what, how did it go from a, a penalty to a scrum and then the game just finished and it was right. kind of like, well... What happened? You know, yeah, right. so I'm confu- I'm confused. And all you really, it's not to sort of hang this guy out, okay? It's about the governing body, whoever the referee's bosses, coming out and saying, well, this is what happened. Whether he made a mistake or not, that is why the ruling was made. And here's the irony about this whole issue, you know, to finish that, that Lions series. The Rugby World Cup in 2015, when Craig Joubert penalised the Scots for the very same thing, yeah. And Bernard Foley kicked them into the semi-finals of the Rugby World Cup. Yep. World Rugby threw Joubert under the bus. Absolutely, absolutely. One hundred percent came out and crushed him. Absolutely, told him he got it wrong. Yeah. So where is the similar explanation from World Rugby or the similar statement on this ruling to finish that yeah, test? Abs- and, and he's the perfect example because you know Craig Joubert, 
damn good ref, you know, and they did. They chucked him under the bus, you know, even to the stage where, you know, he's, he's obviously had to give up, but he's got a different role. But now we've got a case where they can come out now and just explain, you know, Kiwis, you know, we're a little bit more growing up now. We know, we know he made a mistake. All we want is an explanation. Why? Yeah. And, and, and but, Well, we think he made a mistake. But if we got an explanation, Nils, yeah, actually, yeah. every fan in the game might be able to say, oh, that wasn't a mistake. It, he made a mistake initially and made a correction. That's okay. We can live with that. But if no one explains to the fans what's going on, how are we supposed to get more fans involved in this game? I mean, you've got a whole lot of people watching in America. I get texts from 10 different Americans after that game saying, this is the most un-American thing we've ever seen. <laughs> I don't mind if it ends in a draw. That's life in rugby. Yeah. But for so many people who wanted to watch that game because of what it stands for, because of the tradition, because of the, the stature of the match, yeah. they're all left wondering. How is that good for the game, to leave your fans wondering? Well, exactly. I mean, to wait another 12 years, fans are paying top money. I pay, or I didn't pay the top money. I was hosted by New Zealand Rugby. But I tell you what, to walk out of that without an explanation as to what actually happened but a draw, uh, I, I, there's no words that can explain what, I, what, you actually, no. what fans would actually be feeling. No, well, we'll be silent as well. 12 years. 12, well, will it be 12 okay, years? Okay, okay, let's fast forward 12 years' time. Similar situation. What are they going to do? I don't know. By that stage, we'll have three referees on the field, surely. <laughs> you know, but that's another conversation for another day. Millsy, on the short pool today, let's go back one last time. Super Rugby this weekend. Uh, let's go and pick some winners. Let's go and pick them. Chiefs taking on the Brumbies. Are we thinking here the Chiefs are good to go? I think they're good to go. I think they're good to go. They've had, you know, they didn't have too much disruption. Um, you know, obviously, Retallick is, is big, but not, not as big as the other sort of franchises. I think they'll be, they'll, they'll be too good. So if the Chiefs are good to go, they get that victory. That means, do the Hurricanes beat the Crusaders and somehow leapfrog them again? Or do the Chiefs take fifth spot and have to go to Canberra? I'm picking the Hurricanes, mate. You're picking the Canes? Yeah, I'm picking the Canes. What do you base that on? Nothing, really. I just, I just, a hunch? No, I, I, just, yeah, I've got, I just think, you know, home advantage plays a big part. There'll be a lot of those guys, you know, uh, that have been out a little bit. I spent a bit of time with Chris Boyd in, in Wellington when the Wellington test. So, um, but that's not to say, you know, that's just that's just you that's know, your it, feeling. That's my feeling. Yeah, you're entitled to the feeling. So, therefore, the Crusaders lose that. That means the Lions can then claim top spot if they beat the Sharks at home. Which the Sharks, won. the Sharks would be massively motivated then yeah. to keep them in second, so that they win and only have to go to Joburg. That's it. That's that's reasonable, isn't it? Keeps us keeps everyone happy. It's massively reasonable. I love it when you talk like this. The Highlanders, actually, that's the other one. The Highlanders is the other one. The Highlanders will win. So where, where does that make... Oh, man, I'm confused. Don't be confused. So it's fine. Based on what I've just mentioned, where does everyone end up? Based on what you've just mentioned, the Hurricanes would then play the Brumbies, the Chiefs would then play the Stormers, the Sharks would go to the Lions, the Crusaders would still finish on top and play the Highlanders at, at home. Depending on bonus points. That's what I reckon it would be. <laughs> and if we can't settle it, then I can pick the final. I just, I just want to. It will be say, settled on the second weekend of September with an egg and spoon race in Remueta. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's well, oh. one way to sort it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Milsey. Pleasure, absolute pleasure, Sumo. That's the short ball for this week. Enjoy the Super Rugby as we conclude the round robin and head into the quarterfinals. Catch all the action on rugbypass.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 